Do you feel like your growth initiatives are falling flat? It's time to try something new. On this episode of Growth Team Radio, we'll talk about how to use a growth marketing framework to achieve your goals. Are you a startup founder or CMO trying to grow your brand? There's good news. You're not the first. Our growth team is committed to learning and earning the skills and strategies high growth companies have used to build their businesses. And now we're sharing them with you. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. I'm your host today, Mallory Kuhn, growth marketer at Lean Labs. I'll be chatting with Chris Dubois, CEO of Lean Labs, about growth marketing frameworks. So hi there, Chris. How are you doing today? Great. How are you, Mallory? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So I think we should kick things off. Can you start by giving us just a brief overview of your experience in growth marketing and how uh, how you first became interested in the field in general? Sure. Check it out. Here is how I got into growth marketing. I think it's interesting because I have conversations with a lot of like marketers and all the like these people in the industry who are doing their own thing. And like a debate that comes up often is like, what is growth marketing? Right. And when you explain it, someone's like, that's just good marketing. Yes, exactly. Right. Like there's a difference between traditional marketing where you're focused on awareness and acquisition. Right. How do we get more people to site? How do we turn them into leads versus growth marketing where it's like we're looking at the full spectrum? How do I get someone to the site converting, going through the buyer's journey, getting into the hands of sales where they can actually close the deal? Right. And then even better, sales is going to talk back to marketing to give them more feedback on those deals so we can get better marketing. And then we're going to pass them from sales to the success team, who is going to also provide more information back, like testimonials, case studies, like all of these things we can use in the marketing. So now everyone in the company is united and working towards growth. And so my, uh, I don't know, coming of age story within the marketing community was (laughs) uh, like, I came out of the army, right? With like no experience, like I was an infantry officer. And so like, despite popular belief, most resumes, don't get like most companies are not hiring you on a resume of I can jump out of some airplanes and and blow some stuff up or whatever. Right. Right. Um, and so I'm like, I need to find a new skill. So marketing, super interesting to me, degree in English. So, so I followed that approach and then everything we were doing here was around growth marketing here at lean labs. Um, and so I was witnessing, how are we actually engaging with our clients? How are we building these things for the clients? And so when I would actually go off and talk to other companies for, you know, whatever, just like, or even friends running other companies, things like that. Um, they would bring up problems or challenges. I'm like, why are you even doing it? Like that makes zero sense why you would approach it that way. Because the growth marketing like framework just makes so much more sense. Um, I probably took for granted how I like was just brought up in this, like knowing this is how it works. Um, but yeah, so I'm bought in, uh, hopefully. Everyone else will get bought in by listening to this episode. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Perfect. That's, that's yeah, kind of right. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> to kind of <laughs> dial in a little more on the, the subject matter of this episode specifically, in your words, what is a growth marketing framework? And mm-hmm. like why is it important, beneficial for businesses to use this kind of approach? Right. So any framework, right? You're it's giving you these like loose parameters to be able to guide you into something. So you see it a certain way and you're approaching problems in kind of like in a specific path. And so, so you're pulling best practices and things like that to influence how you're thinking about problems. 
and then how you actually engage those rather than just like letting you go off to the wind and like doing these things or and also it's not very like getting into the weeds on this is exactly how you need to do x y and z and so you're it just gives you the the parameters right the framework um, to be able to to kind of work through this. So with growth marketing, we're talking like the strategic approach to growing a business by including all of the different departments within your company, right? Having everyone focus on growth and, and looking at um, like specific, you know, like leading and lagging indicators to know that you're on the right track. Um, and so the, I'm sure we'll talk KPIs at some point during this podcast. Um, but we're kind of those things right so so the framework are the the guiding principles for how you do this and when we're talking growth marketing it's are we focused on growth are we doing the right thing to drive growth um the growth rate is the most important metric that we want and so when we look at everything going on across the board where are those gaps that we need to apply in order to maintain that growth rate right are we suffering because we don't have enough traffic is it because we we don't have great results that we can actually turn into case studies to show off you know are we just having a doing a terrible job of turning opportunities into closed deals um when you can identify those and then apply the focus like very deliberately right working in sprints and just like attacking that one metric um with everybody unified on how are we going to move this as a company um that, that's the the framework that you want to apply yeah well, it sounds like, you know, uh, one of the great things about a framework is that it does leave room for adjustment and, you know, customization mm -hmm. to, you know, your specific business or a right. specific campaign even. Um, but what, in your opinion, are the essential elements that a framework needs to have, a growth marketing framework needs to have? Like, what are those, yeah. you know, the, the lodestones, those little pieces that must be there for it to be an effective framework? So looking specifically at growth marketing as a framework, right? A lot of, and this is going, someone's going to hear this and be like, that's just good marketing, right? Like, what said, <laughs> like, yes, it is. I get like, it. Exactly. Uh, right. So when you're looking at this framework, there's a couple elements that you need to ensure you have because they are going to guide you throughout the rest of this, right? You need to know your target audience and it's not just know them. You need to be like best friends. You need to like, you need to know everything about them. How would they react if I said this to them, right? Like if you can get that granular on this stuff, like I know how you're thinking, I know what you actually want, right? So now I can go back and use, I can approach my marketing differently, right? I know what headwinds and tailwinds I'm going to be working with. And so if I know you're already thinking or you have a series of beliefs, if I know my target audience is already believing this one thing, I can build unity with them, right? And show that we're on the same page by using that type of language that kind of pushes them in the same direction. At the same time, there's probably some headwinds that I have to work against. And by knowing what those pains and everything are and these challenges that they're going through, I can now help them with this paradigm shift where I'm, I'm doing a pattern interrupt, right? And I'm, I'm going to change the way that they see the problem, hopefully. Um, so they see it the way we want them to, and they're more optimistic and they see us as an opportunity to help them through that. And so, you, but you have to know that because those details are going to play into every department of your company, right? It's not just marketing that's going to deal with this. It, your sales team, by knowing their the headwinds and tailwinds they can work with, they, they're going to address objections differently. Right. Your success team, they're going to be able to actually build, help you build, get testimonials and case studies and everything 
to counter those objections earlier in the process. So someone could just be on your site and and break that like themselves, right? Because they say, oh, this company is just like me, had the same issue, had the same thoughts, and they got this result. And so now you don't even have to bring up that objection. Sales cycle gets shorter, right? People are going to convert much faster. Like all of these different benefits start stemming through the entire uh, buyer and customer journey. Uh, but so, okay, so target audience, I went off on tangent there. It's a good tangent, uh, yeah. We encourage tangents so, here when they're helpful. <laughs> yeah. Um, your value proposition, knowing like, what do we sell, right? What is the transformation that we want to make here? Because that is going to help guide everything you're doing with your messaging, right. right? Every page of your site needs to promote that. There is one, like no dead end sites. There are no dead end pages on your site. There's always like a next step. And so if you're going to be adding a page into this path, there should be an actual purpose. Otherwise, you're just increasing the length of this path, giving someone like the scenic tour, uh, when really we just want to give them what they need to get right. there as fast as they need to. Um, and so by having a clear value prop, it's not just being able to put something up on a page so that someone's like, oh, yeah, that speaks to me. Like, that's super important. You do want them to engage that way. But it really helps you with like refining the entire buyer's journey to get someone along that path. Um, you need to know what specific metrics are important to you. There's some that are going to be similar across the board, right? You want to know your conversion rates on your site. You want to know how many marketing qualified leads you're bringing in, sales qualified, opportunities, deals closed, how much revenue are we we bringing in? Um, we have a like modified kind of pirate metrics that we use um, that uh, we call them the growth metrics because you can tag growth onto everything <laughs> okay, and it makes way more sense. <laughs> uh, and so with those, right, we're using awareness, acquisition, activation, revenue, results, and reputation. And and it's, it makes a nice little pyramid when you're looking at it, right? Just like as if you were having a funnel. Um, and what's kind of fun is that like when you have different teams working, you can task out people to work on different areas. Like your success team can be focused on reputation. How do I build this reputation? Um, but the similar, the marketing team can also work on that, right, mm -hmm. with... Um, they can come in and they can actually write these case studies so that they're well-crafted for marketing um, where your success team might not have those that skill set. Um, but at the same time, your success team is the ones talking to the customers and actually doing these things. So they're in a better position for that. Right. They have that um, insight so, directly. Yeah. All right. But so we, we have all these metrics and then we use that to apply. Okay. Where do we need to focus? Um, specifically looking at the conversion rate between each of these uh, growth metrics. Right. So it's not just how many SQLs are coming in, how many opportunities are we creating? It's like, what is our conversion rate from MQL to SQL, SQL to opportunity? Because we can see where people are falling off now. Right. And it's right. how you can identify where the friction is in the in the journey and exactly. try to counter it. And then we use that to influence our growth rate. Because if I can fix that one gap, right? If we know, hey, it's our MQLs to SQLs um, that are struggling, it means, hey, we're not giving people the right like what they need to want to talk to sales and right. take those actions for themselves. So now we know this is our opportunity to increase everything down further in the pipeline. And so, um, so having those clear metrics, right. And, and, it, and it, I mean, there's so many, some that are super important to business, right? How do we know we have profitable customer acquisition? What's our cost per lead? What's our cost um, for everything? If we're running ads, cost per clicks, like we need all of these, these data points, um, but if we're going to specifically look at just the growth marketing framework and you want to keep this bare bones, um, then we like looking at those growth metrics is, is super important. Um, framework wise, having processes for how you test things, right? We, we use growth driven design. 
Um, HubSpot kind of coined that term. Uh, essentially, it is a scientific method, right? We're going to look, all right, what's the question that we're asking? How might we increase X? Now we're going to go build a hypothesis. Well, we believe if we put up a sidebar CTA on all of our blog posts under this specific category, directing people to this page, it'll be seen by this many people. We can get a conversion rate of this, which would lead to this potential uh, or this many people seeing this new page so that we can potentially drive more meetings, right? And you're getting like very specific on what do we believe based off everything we know um, that we can use. And that's, that's the approach we take. I would recommend it because it makes things way more clear for everybody. Right. Uh, but having an approach for testing, how, if we want to do an A and B test on a page, right? How do we do that? Because it doesn't matter if we're looking at all these metrics and we see, we have all these other numbers that we're looking at. If we don't have a method for actually running tests to improve everything. doesn't matter. Um, evaluating those tests as well. How do like, that comes out data analytics. Um, a lot of teams have someone who's just really good at being analytical. Um, I would recommend that every team does have at least one person who right. knows what it is, even if they're also a marketer or also you know doing something else. Um, because being able to look at a page and understand, um, if, especially if you get someone who's like more junior, right? They might look at a landing page and um, they're looking at the bounce, right? They're looking at the exit rates and they're seeing certain numbers and saying, oh, well, this actually looks pretty good. But they don't have the frame of reference to actually know how good that actually is, right? They're just making estimates based off something they read somewhere or something. So like once you have more experience and you actually understand what all of the data items or pieces are doing, you can have more. Like a bounce rate of 90% on a blog is still okay. Like it's a blog post. Right. Um, it's not a it's not a big shocker. Um but when like, especially with clients that we've had, right. They'll see a 90%. They're like 90%. That's terrible. Like right. it's so, cause it does like, sound terrible if you don't know. Right. Where it's exactly. like, Oh my God. Um, but it's like, well, we've gotten 10,000 people to this post this month. Like, you know, like right. that's a lot of people. It's not going to be for everybody. And it made like, we can look at it and say, all right, obviously people are finding it. What's the logical next step. Like now we have a data point that we can use to say like, of the CTA is probably not what people want for that next step because right. they're not clicking further or our internal links like where that we, we have in the post, like aren't getting people like to more, the additional information that they want to be reading about right now. So we know all these different ways that we can optimize and now we can go test, test more things. Um, I feel like I don't even remember everything I've said now, but yeah, I feel like I've got it all. Right. Well, and Look I, I, I kind of want to dive in a little bit deeper on um, what what you were just kind of getting into there, because yeah, uh, I feel like we were kind of edging on the topic of how do you identify opportunities for growth, right? So with, yeah. you know, looking at the bounce rate, if you're looking at it and it's high and then you can identify, okay, now we have an opportunity to maybe switch out the CTA, switch up our internal links, something like that. Or, you know, maybe we're not even targeting the right keyword. Maybe people that are searching for this term, maybe, you know, we've we've missed a step in the keyword research process for this post, right? Whatever the case may be. Um, mm -hmm. What is your process for using a growth marketing framework for identifying yeah. growth opportunities? Like, can we dive into that? Yeah. So this is what we do. Uh, might not be the right system for everybody, but it works for us. So we do what we call a proactive review. Um, we Every quarter, we take all of our client sites, we take our personal sites, we look at, and then we just tear them apart, right? We are literally looking like, 
we take on this mindset, if we were going to fire ourselves, what would we have to use as evidence that says like, don't work with these guys. Yeah. Um, and so we're finding all of these opportunities, like, cause we're being brutal on ourselves, right? right. A lot of times people attach their ego to whatever they built. Uh, and so like, and we've noticed that even like the difference between like a marketer and a CRO specialist um, who like look at the same thing, right? CRO specialist is very often saying, how can I make this better? The marketers being like, I made this. I love it. And like, that's <laughs> it. And it's like, okay, you're great at finding the positives. We love that. You know, right. What you bring to the table. But, um, but we want to make things better because we actually want the results. And so we do this product review where we just tear it up and we are looking at all of those growth metrics. And so we'll say awareness. Right. All right. Let's go look at everything on the site that could drive awareness and identify what is working, but really what isn't working that we need to address. And and so we'll go look at all of our blog posts. Right. What are the top posts? Are they engaging the right people? What's the CTA rate for all of these posts? Um, let's go look at Google Search Console. Like are is are the SERPs actually uh, promoting more of our content? Right. Impressions going up, clicks going up. Um, and we look at all of these details to capture all of the points that we can. Um, and then, and then we put this into a massive deck, right? Like huge. And I'll win at the end of it. Ideally, we have just a list of suggestions for the potential campaign. Now we take that, we take everything we've learned. We know all of this stuff and we grab just a piece of paper. We draw a line down the center on the right side. We are listing out every possible thing in these suggestions, right? That we could do. And we're just listing them out. Everything. It doesn't matter how crazy the idea is. Um, obviously we don't want to waste time if it's like super off the wall, right? Like we're not, we're not going to do billboards, um, and have like party streamers going up that shoot out every time a vehicle passes or something. <laughs> like, um, although now that I say that out loud, it, it could be You're something. Like, Wait a minute. Um, this idea has legs. <laughs> yeah. Someone, someone try it. Let me know how it goes. I don't even need credit. Um, but so we, um, we do the paper plan, right? Where we're just listing everything. and then. We now look at those and we say, okay, what are the, what is the metric that we need to move? And so we have a tool called the Growth Grader. Um, you can actually, anyone listening, just go to growthgrader.com. You can get it, like just free access to it. Um, there's some training videos on how to use it. And it's kind of a subjective tool, uh, but we explain how to make it more objective by looking at your metrics. But what you're ideally doing, right? You're saying score from one to five. How do I rank on awareness? How do I rank on acquisition? And, and there's some like variables that you're using, like, okay, well, do we achieve our goals, you know, for two quarters in a row? Okay. That means we're getting some leverage. It's probably a score to three. Um, and so it's, it is a little more objective in that sense. Right. And then you can track your progress over time. But what you want to do, depending on how big your budget is, you can only move one of these metrics per quarter, right? So you really want to pick and focus on one thing that we're going to work on. And so when I know what that metric is that I really need, right, maybe acquisition is just falling behind. And so I know that's where uh, we have this choke point and I really need to get after it. So I'm going to apply my budget there. I'm going to ask the questions. How do I increase leads you know, on my site? What pages are, are doing this? So now how might we increase this landing pages conversion rate from blank to blank or whatever, right? And so knowing that I've now, I've already listed out all of these things that we could do on the site. I know what our questions are. Now let me look, where's that low hanging fruit, right. right? What test can I run right now to execute? Because there's two, two ways of actually executing on this. We could run a bunch of small tests really fast, see what works. Or we can have like a big test. Where we're like, oh, we think this is going to move the needle and we can execute on that. 
uh, it really comes down to what results do we actually expect and weighing those opportunities, right? If like, I might not need a ton of wins on this one page, but like launching a completely different offer might be the right answer. And so we have to know what, what our target is, what the actual numbers that we're looking at and increasing are, and then we can influence it that way. Yes. Yeah. That answer the question. I, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, um, you touched a little bit um, about, you know, how you're prioritizing. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm wondering if you can share some tips for how you allocate your resources, like how you decide, yeah. um, you know, your, your you know, time, your cash, your staff, um, you know, for, for yep. all the various initiatives that might end up on that big old laundry list of, you know, things yeah. we uncovered when being our own toughest critics. <laughs> yep. So every company is going to have its own goals and it's going to have its own team. It's going to have its own budget. It's going to have different skill sets across that team. It's going to be in a different industry. There are so many different variables that it's impossible to tell you which opportunity is the best for you. You really need to weigh every opportunity per your company and what you believe your needs are. What I would recommend is having an actual system question and guidelines to know which opportunity is which. So now, you are actually working through, right? Um, a lot of the big, uh, big name, like investors and stuff, people in the stock market, they ask themselves the same question for every investment. So now 10 years from now, they're not like, ah, oh, I missed that investment, right? And then they beat themselves up for missing something because when they were making that decision, they asked themselves the questions that they knew would give them the, the right answer. So yeah, they might've missed this one, right? but they could have probably lost on a lot more by not asking those questions. And so you need to figure out what are those questions for our business that we are going to have a framework for creating these or like deciding when it's an opportunity worth chasing. Um, So that's number one, right? Have that for your short and long-term opportunities. What is going to get me the most bang for my buck right now that I can feel confident, even if I lose, that I at least made the decision based on the information I had that makes us feel good, right? Right. So we can learn fast. Um, So you want to do that. Then you identify what those what are we trying to work on right now? Like, what is that specific metric we want to move? And then I would actually look at it. We break this down into like a three-tier kind of structure. Uh, you have optimize, iterate, and pivot. So if I look at a landing page, right, and it's doing pretty well, but there are some tweaks that I could make on this page in order to make it better, then I can optimize it. And now we're looking at making a zero to 20% like change. Um, or we want a zero to 20% lift in whatever metric we're trying to do. So now we're optimizing where it means we're not doing like huge things on this. We're looking for like what small tweaks can I make because I already know this page is performing. So what can I do just very briefly in order to try to help it a little more, right? Because if a page is doing really well, that 1% bump could could be huge. Right, right. Um, Now, if you have the next level would be the iterating where it's like a 21 to 50% bump right? We have to make bigger change. We might be, we're changing everything above the fold or, you know, like we're taking an entire form that was up top. People aren't filling it out. We're going to move it to the bottom. We're going to put a video at the top. Like we're making bigger changes to actually see how, how this works. A and B testing everything um, going from there. And finally, if things aren't working, like you got a 50% or greater lift that you need, you need to pivot, try something completely different. Like this offer is not working. Let me try, try something else. Um, and so, so that's how we're looking at it right now. We're asking the questions, do I need to optimize, iterate or pivot? And 
will that help me achieve whatever that goal is? And if so, then I, it's worth me tackling this and, and pushing forward on this path. Um, so I think that's, that is uh, probably a long winded way of explaining how you can look at opportunities. Yeah. Today. No, but that's great. And it, it will help you to, to prioritize, which I know is a challenge, especially if you are, you know, going in and uh, you might discover you need to pivot and you see just the giant list of things that you need to change. Sometimes that can be really overwhelming. Um, so hopefully that process will be helpful to, to listeners that are looking to make sure they're making those consistent decisions um, for their priorities every time. Um, I want to talk a little bit about tools. Um, so, you know, you are, everybody needs technology and tools <laughs> to do, uh, to do anything. Um, especially, you know, in a, in a marketing space in the modern age, um, where, you know, we're talking about a lot of different tools. There's a million out there, um, that you can choose from which tools are in your opinion, worth exploring uh, or even just categories of tools, right? Types of tools yeah. are are most important for getting the most from your growth marketing efforts um, and which ones maybe skip. Yeah. So I thought about this question before, thought long and hard. I got the perfect answer. It depends. <laughs> uh, perfect. All right. Let's wrap. No, <laughs> I think some of the last, one of the last like data points I, I had seen was that a mid-level company has like over 200 different tools and platforms that they're using. Um, Like that's a huge tech stack. So one, I would argue you probably don't need all of those, right? Right. They're like, you can make a system to really simplify everything. Well, and there's got to be some, Um, you know, double work, right? Think tools that could be consolidated. Yeah, exactly. Especially because one of the, one of the challenges is that a lot of teams are getting their own platforms. And stuff. So like sales says, we're going to apply budget for this tool. Yeah. Um, and marketing is already paying for a tool that does a similar thing. They just don't talk. And so right. one, I would actually do like a platform audit. Something I actually do with uh, anytime we onboard someone onto HubSpot, right? I want to, as I'm like helping them build out their systems, I want to know what platforms are you using right now? So I can find a way to make HubSpot work for you and for all of your teams. So now everyone has that common operating picture yeah. working in one platform with the same data. We're not trying to like connect APIs and other integrations. Like it's, it's all right here. Right. Like well, I'm simple. running into the, your numbers don't match my numbers issue. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because then you have to the headache. Yeah. There is that single source of truth. Right. Um, and not everyone has access to that number. So like, yeah, anyways, it gets super confusing, but ideally, so like one, minimize your platforms at the same time. If you need something like to keep your business running and it really makes you more efficient, then get it. Like makes complete sense. I would challenge you when you're looking at system. I think I've said it on the podcast before, but if you're looking at a system to help with automation, to increase efficiency, um, don't base your decision purely on autom- like your your intent behind it needs to be that you are automating not for efficiency, but for accuracy. The accuracy is what will lead to efficiency. And so like we're creating forms, we're creating these workflows so that the same action happens every time because it is exactly what we need to happen done in a way that is clear and like predictable and all of that, right? Right. So I'm not just building something because I want to save five minutes. I'm building it because that information and how we're getting that is going to make everyone's lives easier. And it's crazy how just flipping that, like it seems super simple, but just flipping that intent will actually... Um, change how you even look at your automations 
um, as you're building them out, right? And you're like, you're at, you'll ask yourself different questions. Um, so, yeah, so something, um, obviously you want like things to, to be able to automate and all that for the accuracy idea. Um, you need something for tracking your data, period. Uh, like, even if it's Google Analytics, right? And that's all you're using. Uh, I like, w- we use HubSpot for, with all our clients. I like HubSpot. I can get, I have all of my tools that I would need. I can easily, like, everyone can see everything the same way. And we can build out all the reports we would need, all the automation. Like, everything can be done in one platform. So right. I will right. always have preference towards towards working on HubSpot. Um, unless something else comes up that's better, so then um, we can look at that. But uh, running tests, something to actually test what you're doing, because that's you can't test it. You're not going to be able to improve it, right? So um, another reason why I like HubSpot because we can test on the same platform using the same data, and I right. can build reports of that test so that everybody sees um, things the same way. But uh, yeah, there's with tools, right? Just what can actually make your life easier isn't just adding a step to the process. Um, and if you could look at a tool and say, well, how would this actually impact me if it was gone? And that, and you realize it really wouldn't do anything right. Then that's it. Um, <laughs> I'd actually recommend people read, um, effortless by Greg McCown. Um, he, he had written essentialism as well, but this book is just, how do I make things easier? Right. Why do we always believe things have to be harder? Um, and this, like looking at your tech stack is the perfect example of, um, how you can make things effortless by just removing items, right? right. Sometimes that step right. doesn't have to be here and we can skip over it. Yeah. So it's good advice. Um, so your mileage may vary with what specific yeah. tools you need, but, uh, is using that, uh, you know, kind of trimming mm-hmm. the fat <laughs> yeah. as, as a general rule for looking at your tech stack, I think is right. really helpful. Yeah. Well, and so. Yeah. And just like one other addition. So like if we're looking at how we budget and how we're applying our funds, right? The tech stack is a huge portion of everybody's budget. Right. And when you realize that by removing some of these tools, you free up budget to actually focus on growth. Right. And so like, obviously I'm biased. I, I would recommend getting an outsourced growth team so that you don't have to hire. <laughs> right. Uh, you don't have to hire five people, 10 people to do this job. You can hire one team. To, to just go off or have all of the expertise you need in order to accomplish whatever that goal is that you agree on. And then as you build up and as you have more revenue coming in, you can start building your own in-house team to work with that outsource team. Like we have, we are a hybrid team. So like we actually partner with our clients. We, we will give homework assignments. and like, I need this from you because I don't talk to your, your clients. So like, get me this information and it'll, it'll make our marketing better, you know, right. to help you. And then and we grew them. Like we had one company that like just following this approach, they hired it was like 150 people in one year. And like, that's a success story for it. Like they don't work with us anymore because they hired their own team. Right. So, like, that's a win. We got to right? hand because, off like, that baton, right? To their internal right. team. Like, we, yeah. We made, you know, we helped build a company exactly how we, we want to. And like, we were successful. It was awesome. Uh, but so by, yeah, by reassess your tech stack because you could be re- wasting money on some right. of these tools. So like, even if it's just cross team, like marketing and sales are using a tool that does the same thing. And instead of just paying for more seats, you're paying for a full other tool. Um, save the money, spend it on a growth team. Uh, it doesn't <laughs> even have to be us. Just like, it's a great idea. It's going to get you the results way faster than paying for another tool that one or two people use. Right. I love it. So. It's great. It's great advice. It's great advice. 
So do you have, I, I want to know if you just have any parting advice that you hmm. would give for marketing professionals or leaders that are looking to implement a growth framework, use this approach to level up their business. Um, yeah, let's take this all the way back to the, the start. Yeah. It is good marketing. Growth marketing is good marketing. So, um, and marketing, while everyone's like, there, there's a department for marketing, right? Everyone is responsible for the marketing message. Everyone, every interaction you have with a customer prospect, right, is selling your brand every single time. And so it's not just marketing. Marketing is just the one, the guys who are responsible for putting stuff on a website and like getting the ads out there and things like that, right? But like everyone is responsible for sharing that message and working together to ensure those assets going out are presenting the company in the right light, showing off how someone can accomplish their job to be done and how you can they can be successful with you. And so um, I would look at growth marketing, do something like tons of companies, right? Big companies, startups, um, scale ups are using growth marketing teams and like following that approach to to be successful. Like there are examples out there. You can just go find and see how other companies are doing this. Um, so my parting advice is try it because you're not going to win by just pushing more people to your website and trying to get more leads. Like if you just take the traditional marketing approach, it's going to fall flat. You need to look at that full spectrum kind of holistic marketing that includes every stage of the buyer's journey, every stage of your customer journey, and then and then use that leverage to kind of create a flywheel to like bring everyone back around. Yeah. Awesome. Great words of wisdom. I love it. So that wraps up our episode on a growth marketing framework. Um, So thanks so much for chatting with me today, Chris. Um, It's been a great discussion about how business owners can use this type of framework to just start crushing their goals. So thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure that you never miss one of our episodes. And until next time, this has been Growth Team Radio. Want to grow your business? Trying to find the right path to do it? Well, we've got the answers. Go to stopscaling.com. Yes, you heard right. Go to stopscaling.com where we'll show you the exact way to grow your business this year.